welcome back to our podcast, Best Friends and Their Books. I'm Tracy here with my co-host and best friend. Shelby. We're so excited to talk to you today about all things bookish, including our book of the month. So let's get started. All right. Let's start out the podcast by going over the books we read um, over the past month. What did you read, Tracy? Oh, man. I started where I finished to Iron Flame, which took me the majority of the month. Um, that's a really long book. Um, much anticipated, but still was a handful. And then um, I read our book of the month, as well as The Mystery Guest, um, which is the Molly oh. Molly the Maid's like sequel, which I, I really, really loved a lot. What about you? Um, the only book that I read was our book of the month yet again. Um, Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. I guess you could kind of say like by association, maybe I read Iron Flame since my boyfriend <laughs> read the whole thing and I got the synopsis from him and then, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. The only book I actually read was our book of the month awesome. this month, um, which I guess kind of goes into like our next little like segment. We wanted to do like a little bit of like a book, book chit chat, like update. Yeah. Um, currently I guess I'm going through a book slump you could say yeah I feel like the last like few months I've really only read like our book of the month Mm -hmm. and like I haven't read anything else with it I think like the last time I read like multiple books was probably like September (laughs) (laughs) which is uh I feel like I did this last year too like right around like the end of the year like the holidays I like really slowed down yeah I don't know. I don't know what gets it. I don't know what gets into me. It's funny because I feel like I'm the opposite. Like I feel like I read more now because I feel like when the wind, like it's winter and I want to be like cozy reading a book. And so I think that might've like changed my book slump because I was in a book slump too. Well, I feel like that's how I get in like January where yeah. it's like, there's nothing going on in like January, February yeah, and stuff. But like, I feel like October, November, December, I'm like, I want to do like seasonal things and I get like I don't know I guess like really distracted with like making sure I'm like doing stuff like that and like reading will be like yeah the last thing on my mind but then like when January hits I'm like oh like new year goals and like stuff like that and I'll be like oh there's like nothing really going on because it's January yeah and then I get like a little bit more like I can read again (laughs) (laughs) yeah I understand that um I feel like recently I've kind of escaped my book slump I don't know. For a while there, I was just kind of picking books that I knew I wasn't going to like. But I was being a mood reader and wanted to read them. But, like, I knew deep down I wasn't going to like them. I don't know why I was self-sabotaging myself like that. But recently, I feel like I've started a habit where I have an audiobook that I read with a Kindle book with a paper book. So, like, because sometimes I'm in instances. So you get all three of the same book? No, I just have three different books. So I used to be, like, oh, I oh, can oh, only gotcha. read one book at a time. Even if it's an audiobook and a paper book or whatever. I was, like, a one-book-at-a-time girl. And yeah. and then there were just instances where I'd, like, be wanting to listen to something or I'd want to Kindle a post to a physical book. And so now that I have, like, three separate books, I'm having a much better time finding time to read them. Yeah, because I guess, like, if you weren't really feeling, like, the paperback book, you could just be, like, oh, well, I'm kind of feeling the – the audiobook and yeah. like yeah yeah if I'm like you... in the car or something and I've like don't want to listen to music I pick up my audiobook now or if I'm like around the house cleaning I usually just do that in silence which I guess is kind of weird now I'm like oh I can just listen to an audiobook like I've just been like being more mindful of like when I can fit fit it in and then it's like my kindle like um I'm sometimes I go to places where I can't necessarily bring a big paper like a big book with me yeah. and so like my kindle is like so, so convenient and I can like I used to just have to commit to the Kindle or the book. And now I feel like I had this like freedom of having both. And I'm like finding more time to embrace that. Yeah. I swear I bring my Kindle to work like <laughs> every day that I like when I'm when I go to the office. Yeah. And I never touch it. Like I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's like a comfort blanket. I mean, thing. I guess like the, the two days that I huh? It's like your comfort blanket. Like you just have to read it. It is like it just like goes in my bag. Yeah. But like, I mean, I guess. I always am like, I'll pull it out at lunchtime, but like mm-hmm. I work at the same place as my mom. Yeah. So like I, I meet her for lunch whenever I'm there. So I'm like, I'm not just going to whip out my Kindle and be like, sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Spending my lunch break with my Kindle now. Like, I don't know yeah. why I do it. And I used to try to like hide my Kindle like underneath. Like I have like one of those like uh, desks that can like turn into a standing desk. Yeah. So there's kind of like a little um, ledge to it that like you wouldn't be able to see from like if you were walking down like the hall part. <sighs> So I used to like put my Kindle like off to the side, but then I would read like 
two pages and then I'd get like stuck on whatever I'm working and then like forget what I read. <laughs> oh gosh. Just but yeah, my Kindle would still make it into my work bag like yeah. Like every day. That. As if I was going to do something new. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I I hope I come out of my little book slump soon. Yeah. Um we also we just saw that the Goodreads did their um Reader's Choice Awards. They just came out yesterday. Um, and we actually have reviews on a few of the books. So I was like thinking yes. that was so cool. Yeah. I loved that we had a few of the books on the podcast over the year. Like um, clearly we're doing something right. Hopefully. Yeah. We're picking, we're picking the reader's choices. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the romanticy winner was fourth wing, which I felt like that was so obvious that it was going to be fourth wing. Yeah, for sure. Last year, I'm sure it was like Akatar, right? I don't really remember, but I, I feel remember. like that was like a yeah, probably Akatar, probably. And then their fiction winner was Yellow Face by RF Quang, uh, mm-hmm. and that was actually what we were choosing between for this month. It was we were either going to read Hello Beautiful or yeah. Yellow Face because those two came up a lot in like the top books of 2023. Yeah, so we almost had that one too. Yeah, and that's on my I, TBR. I still might read it though. I think yeah, I think I want to read that one. Um, their mystery and thriller winner was The Housemaid's Secret by Frida McFadden, which is like my girl. I know. I was like, oh, Shelby's going to love that one. <laughs> I know. I was like going crazy. I was surprised that I actually won though. Yeah. I, I read and I did not like it wasn't my favorite thriller this year. I think it was, it's definitely on my top five, um, which in our December episode for our next book, we'll put out like our like yearly stats and stuff. But I do think that one's in my top five, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think you would. But that. I was surprised out of like all the mystery and thrillers out there. There were some good thrillers. That it yeah. was the highest, the, the most voted for, yeah. for Goodreads choice. Because even we had a few other really good thrillers, like None of This Is True and The Soulmate. Yeah. Like those are really good too. Yeah. What else? They had historical fiction was Wayward. I don't, I've heard of that one, but I, oh, yeah. I haven't read it. Um, science fiction was in the lives of puppets. I don't know that one either. Mm. The young adult fiction winner was Check and Mate, which is a ha- Allie Hazelwood book. We haven't read that one, but we read a different, we Allie. read um, Love Theoretically. Yeah. That was the same author, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. I just downloaded the Checkmate one um, on Audible, so I'm excited. Oh, you did? Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I heard that, that it was a good is. a good Audible read. So, oh, okay. Young adult fantasy was Divine Rivals, which was what we were gonna <sighs> we were choosing between for our December book of the month that one and the one yeah. we actually ended up choosing. Um, what else did they have? The romance winner was Happy Place, which we did yeah. an episode of this year. And neither one of us really liked Happy Place that much, but no. she won. I'm not surprised. Emily Henry has, like, a really good following and, like, people really love her. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that Wayward book won two different categories. Ooh. It also won the debut novel winner. Oh. Maybe I'll have to pick that up. I want to say then, it was like a book of the month pick, but I didn't pick it. So maybe I can go back and add it because I, I do like the cover too. It's a really pretty book. It is. And then our girl, Britney Spears, won the memoir and autobiography. Heck yeah. I was kind of surprised that Jeanette McCurdy didn't win. Well, I, oh wait, I think she was 2022, wasn't she? Oh, I think she was. Yeah. But I think she came out at the end of 2022 because we read it February, February of 2023. Yeah. I don't know. Queen Brittany's going to win. I'm sorry, Jeanette. Like, that's true. And it was all, it was so fresh in our minds because it just came out. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. That's, that's a great list of books. Like sometimes, most of the time, I feel like Goodreads, I don't really re- like, there's not as many books as this year's that I've read. Yeah. I don't really remember what the winners were last year or anything. I just, I thought that the, the winners, they made sense this yeah, year. Yeah, this year they made way more sense. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of um, a trend against Bookstagram. Like, Bookstagram, I see the same books everywhere now. There's not as much variety recently. I yeah. Think. I think that's why I'm having kind of a hard time finding books to read to get me out of my slump. I feel like I used to always have, like, such a long list of things, like, where I was like, oh, my God, I need to read this, I need to read that, I need to read this. But now I'm just, like, kind of – I can't find stuff that's fitting my mood. 
as yeah. often anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's harder for me to like narrow down what I want to read. Yeah. And I've had a lot more like do not finishes this year. Like I feel like I'm like, I used to like push through it. And yeah. now I like, I have like three hanging open. What, what were your do not finish? Oh, the Andy Cohen book. The Andy Cohen book. Uh, the, what's that remarkable creature? Oh, oh, that's what Re- I'm reading right now. Remarkably Something bright, bright creatures. creatures. Yeah. Remarkably bright creatures. That one. And then this book called The Deal. It was like a, a like a romance book. Oh, got it. I Remarkably Bright Creatures, I'm over halfway through right now. And I'm in love with it. And I keep thinking about how you didn't finish it. It was my mom's favorite book of 2023 so far. So I remember you told me. <laughs> yeah. I How far am I? Oh, sorry. There's a fourth book. <laughs> Under the Influence uh, was the fourth one. Under that one I'm like only 20% in. Oh, my goodness. And you're always one, too, to like not ha- leave a book hanging open. So I'm kind of shocked by that. Yeah, and I have four hanging open, and I I don't know. I mean, you might be able to convince me to finish the Remarkably Bright Creatures. Um, it says I'm 22% in was yeah. my, like, last update on it. Yeah. But then I, I'd probably have to restart because I read it in March. Oh, oh yeah, for sure, probably. But it, so far, it's so good, and I think it's going to make me cry. I can already really? feel the tears coming. Like, and I don't even know what's going to happen, but I just know it's going to be, a, like, a heartbreaking story. I should finish the deal because I got 45% in on that one. Yeah. That's I good. could, but I don't even remember the stuff that was happening. I feel like if, uh, why do I, why do I do this myself? <laughs> I don't know. That's. Bad luck next year. I know I've never been a DNF and I think that also might like lead to my reading slump because I get stuck in a book and I don't like it and I don't have the balls to like end it like I have to push yeah. through and so I think that leads honestly to me having a more of a reading slump than if I just didn't finish it and could start in a new book yeah because in your head you're like oh well, I saw that other book like I really should like finish that like you're like yeah should I go on with a new book like yeah I get in like weird place yeah and I'm like oh my gosh if I do not finish another book I'll be like five like you know <laughs> it's like stressful <laughs> I need to like make a shelf for them and just tuck them away on my Goodreads and say sayonara. Yeah, I have a DNF on my Goodreads. I'm about to. Do it. Um, bringing us to our book of the month. This month, Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. Um, I couldn't put this book down. I I really, like, I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, I had so many good talking points. Um, I could put this book down, but I did really like it. Okay. I put it down a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't honestly like I I didn't want it to end. So maybe I would have put it I put it down more than I should have because I was like really invested in these characters and I like didn't want to stop. I did that at the end too. I took a lot of breaks at the end. Yeah. Because I didn't want it to end. Yeah. But the beginning. Yeah. I took like a two week break off of this book. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. I started it before I came to, to visit you. I, mean, I live in Colorado. To Texas. To Colorado. <laughs> I started it before that. Wow. Oh. And then I brought it with me again, packing my Kindle when like, when was I going to read it? I don't know. <laughs> like I could have read it on the plane, but I don't know. It was kind of exciting because it was my daughter's first time on a plane. So like I, yeah, I don't know. I did not, I didn't pull out of my bag the whole time I was there. <laughs> and then I got back and we all got the stomach flu and yeah. I, I just didn't pick it up until last week again. I have a really hard time reading when I'm sick. So I understand that. Yeah, I was, I was pretty nauseous. I don't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, the synopsis for Hello Beautiful is an emotionally layered and engrossing story of family that asks, can love make a broken person whole? William Walters grew up in a house silenced by tragedy where his parents could hardly bear to look at him, much less love him. So it's a relief when his seal and basketball court earns him a scholarship to college far away from his childhood home. He soon meets Julia Padavano, sorry, a spirited and ambitious young woman who surprises William with her appreciation of his quiet steadiness. With Julia comes her family, and she is inseparable from her three younger sisters. Sylvie, the dreamer, is happiest with her nose in a book and imagines a future different from the expected path of a wife and mother. Cecilia, the family's artist, Emmeline, who patiently takes care of them all, happily the Padavanos fold Julia's new boyfriend into their loving chaotic household but then darkness from William's past surfaces jeopardize not only Julia's carefully orchestrated plans for their future but the sisters unshakable loyalty to one another the result is a catastrophic family rift that changes their lives forever 
Will the loyalty that once rooted them to be strong enough to draw them back together when it matters most? Vibrating with tenderness, Hello Beautiful is gorgeous, profoundly moving portrait of what's possible when we choose to love someone not in spite of who they are, but because of it. That's a really good synopsis. Um, That is. When I read it, it was very intriguing for me. Just like right off the bat, I was very surprised that what happened happened like almost immediately. Yeah. And it shaped the whole book. I wanted to know when I like first read the synopsis and like we chose this book, I wanted to know who beautiful was in Hello Beautiful. Mm. Like, I don't know why, but I was like, who who in this book is this going to be out? Because in my head at first, Julia. I thought it was going to be Julia. Yeah. But I don't really think that's yeah. not the case. So I was like kind of curious, like in the whole beginning, I was like, I had it in my head that she was going to be like the person that was like said hello beautiful to. Yeah. So like had that like image of her. Yeah. Because head, she's but... like, and initially you think she's the main character. You think she's like the protagonist. Yeah. yeah. I also like, you also feel like William is the main character. Yeah. Like, cause the, the book starts out with his chapter. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's get into our book club questions. Um, we got these from a mix of different blogs and stuff on the internet, and I can't really remember where we got it from. I'm sorry. And a lot of them are our own as well, so. Yeah, we've added our own special touch. All right. The rift that occurs between William, Julia, and Sylvie is the central conflict of the novel. How did their individual choices and actions impact the rift? In what ways did their family dynamics and past experiences play a role? Oof, right off the bat, right? Like, this rift. Oh, man. It's like, it like makes me kind of like sick to my stomach even thinking about it. And like, when it first happened in the book, I just didn't even know if I could keep reading because it upset me so bad. Um, And we're talking about the rift between like. William, Julia, and Sylvie. Like when Julia and William like divorced. Yes. So I feel like there's a lot of rifts in this book. Like That's true. Yeah. I think the first rift is, yes, Julia and William divorcing. Well, no, the first rift is William and Sylvie having this com- like side conversation without... Okay, so William and Julia are the couple. Then Sylvie and William like have this conversation... That's like... On the bench. On the bench. Which, in the, in the, when it happened in the book... You know, I just thought Sylvie had just read William's memoir. I didn't think anything of it. I thought she just understood him deep, more deeper. I did too. More deeply. And that they could just form this like, really good friendship. Um, I did not think that this was like a romantic spark between them initially. No, I didn't. I didn't either. I kind of thought that she was going to like have to break some news to Julia, to her sister. Yeah. About William. Which, I mean, obviously she kind she of did. But like. I thought she was going to be like, this is what's going on with your husband type of thing. Not like falling in love, basically. Yeah. Uh, And then when William, like the next rift is when William leaves Julia and their newborn daughter and then tries to go commit suicide. And then somehow Sylvie's the one coming to save the day. Yeah. Which I also, at first, I'm like, okay, great. Like, if I had just had a baby and my husband went off and did that, like, I would want my sister to step in and, like, help me handle it. I'm mm-hmm. thinking that Sylvie is team Sylvie is team Julia, and she's just, like, being the sister and, like, helping, like, mend the pieces of this. Yeah, but I feel like when she's, like, chasing after him, like, when they're, like, searching in Chicago with, like, the basketball team. Yeah. I feel like we kind of get a glimpse that, like, she cares more than like she's knows she's supposed to like she like for some reason can't stay away from the the chase of getting to him and I feel like that's like when we kind of see like Sylvie like really caring about him yeah more than a sister-in-law would like should yeah and when she admits to being his wife in the hospital that's when I that's when it gets for me especially when like I couldn't pretend that for my like sister's husband um no I feel like really weird yeah and she is this, like, hopeless romantic, too. And so I just kind of, like, thought of that in her mind. Like, she's this hopeless romantic, and this is their, like, beginning of their, like, tragic love story that she's always dreamed about. Yeah. That's also true. I think, like, as far as the family dynamics go, I think that... 
like I feel like the closeness of the sisters ended up kind of like hurting them in the end. Oh yeah. I think you're right. Like I feel like they really William and Julia really allowed Sylvie to be this like third person in their marriage. Mm-hmm. And then she became the other person in the marriage. Yeah, I also kind of feel like like the way that they were brought up, um, I guess kind of affected it as well. Like yeah. everyone like Sylvie was just always gonna be herself, like the hopeless romantic, mm-hmm. and her family like really, you know let that flourish so she I don't think she cared like that she was gonna hurt someone but she like that's really true. had to like fall into her feelings and like that that's what she did <laughs> yeah and then William I feel like just wanted any this sounds so bad but no one wanted him as a trial so he just wanted anybody yeah and I think that's how he ended up kind of with Julia just someone who kind of like took him under her wing yeah and then he kind of realized he was like maybe not <laughs> yeah um, if you were in their position, what alternative actions might you have taken to prevent or resolve the rift? Depends, like, who. if you were in their position. Like, I don't know. If, if I'm in Julia's position, what would I, would I have done something differently to, like, keep my husband? I don't know. You know, I think it's, like, a really hard time where you, like, just have a newborn baby and it's like you don't want your family to be ripped apart but you can't like rely on this person you already she already had she was already questioning it before it happened so it was like yeah and then william he's just um just like he he's mentally ill so he doesn't like thinking he's not thinking things anything clearly in the situation in this exact moment when the rift kind of first happened but Sylvie, I don't know. I feel like if she would have had that hers con- was a choice. choice. Yes, yeah, hers was a choice. Yeah, but I do feel like, like if she didn't go through with it and like end up with William, like she was, she just supposed to live her life like knowing that she had like her true love like within reach, and then not like because she kind of seemed like in the beginning they really set her up to be like she had these boys. Mm-hmm like on the tip of her finger, but no one really like impressed her. So she seemed like the kind of person that was like, High she wanted to fall in love like hard with someone. And like, yeah. she like, so in that person, she knew who it ended up being was William. So was she just going to let that go? But like, how do you I let know, I think, yourself get I think that I far. would have, yeah, I would have let it go personally because I don't think I could have gotten to that position in the first place. Exactly. Like I wouldn't have let my mind wander that far. Yeah. I guess so to speak um but or so soon like he him and julie were already divorcing so like she could have just like sat on it for a little bit and been like i'm so sorry like this and like but it was like so immediately after the divorce that they fell into this relationship which kind of made me like wonder did they like get together because of some form of like some form of like trauma bonding like is that like how their relationship yeah. You know, it became strong, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cuz they did end up having like a strong relationship. Yeah, but it had this foundation too of like closeness because she was his sister-in-law, so she was there for her for when her dad died. Like she he was already like they already had this foundation that was yeah. like so easily to build upon as well. Which just seems so mild like so inappropriate. Like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um Julia is very focused and has her life all mapped out and even picks out a career for William. After dealing with a hard background, William is grateful he's no longer alone. Do you think William ever did love Julia or was it more about being welcomed in by her family? Yeah, I think because William and Julia became so close and connected right off the bat when they went to college. Like he just left home and just found honestly kind of like the first girl he was interested in just became his girlfriend and quickly became his wife. To me, it felt like he was just, like, she was just there because it was the first person in his life that loved him and accepted him. Or so he thought. Yeah. I wonder if she kind of, like, was more into them, more into him because he seemed, like, moldable to yeah. her. And she was the kind of person that had, like, like you said, like, her whole life planned out. Yeah. Um, and she kind of needed someone to fit into the mold that she wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he just like kind of like happily went along with it and until like so obviously good. he wasn't happy. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's in the beginning, I was kind of like, this just doesn't feel like a love story to me because like, I don't know. I, he just, 
was just going along with whatever she wanted. Like, and you could tell he didn't want it. Like, he was yeah. not interested in becoming a professor. Yeah, and he didn't want to have a baby. Like, everything that she was pushing, he just didn't want. Yeah, so I was like, I don't... It felt like their love story was, like, doomed from the start. <laughs> yeah. And I do think he, like, loved her as, like, a... You know, I don't think he, like, hated her or anything. Like, I think he, like, had love... He had love for her. Yes. But I think his love ran out. (laughs) Yeah. And then I do think that he also did like being so close to her family. Like, it was something that he had never seen before. Yeah. Because his family life growing up was so um, broken, I guess. Like, not really being, like, cared and loved for by his parents and his sister passing away when he was a baby. And, like, the aftermath of all of that, I think... um, like dating into like a family that is so close knit was probably very comforting for him. Yeah. Um, let's talk about William. We are introduced to his character shortly after his birth into his fit and into his fifties. What do you think about his character, his story and his evolution? I know we started the book with William. So like, like we said, we thought he was going to be the main character. Um, and it starts with this like very traumatic childhood and it's like awful like you feel so sorry for William um mm-hmm. and then I don't know I, I think throughout the book I still felt sorry for him but like what he did with Alice and just giving up his baby like that really was so bothersome for me and I just couldn't imagine like if at the end Alice wouldn't have made the effort to come to him would have ever been different yeah, it took me a really long time to see his, like, reasoning for giving up Alice. Like, I, I didn't agree with it at all throughout the whole book. Even, like, towards the end when we had, like, a little bit more clarity on, yeah, you know, he, like, it kept saying, like, you know, he didn't want to, like, hurt her. Like, he didn't, you know. Yeah. But when he but moved past that, when he I realized feel like, he had, like, a like normal leaving life. her, leaving her is hurting her. Like, yeah. her living without you is hurting her. Yeah. I, I don't know. It took me a really long time to like totally buy in. I don't even, I never really ended up buying into it, but like mm-hmm. it took me a long time to understand why he was doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like throughout the book, he's just like a very lonely character throughout his whole life until he gets to Sylvie. Yeah. Um, and even then, like he's, he's very happy kind of being like lonely. Like he's like, it's just him and Sylvie. Like they have their like nightly routines. He has his best friend Kent, but he has his also his like other basketball college friends and stuff. Like he's very like simple yeah. kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and doesn't want like he very much so like shied away from like anything that could have put a bump in his road, especially after his um like attempted suicide. Yeah. He would even like when he would go to um the Emmeline's house and mm-hmm. um Cecilia's house and there was the paintings that had like Julia and stuff like on them like he would like not like he would just like look past them you know yeah he's definitely like one of the most interesting characters that I've ever like read in a book um yeah and then his like um we started off so strong with his point of view and then it kind of did like trickle a little bit at the end like we didn't hear his him as much which um I feel like it was the relationship where like Sylvie talked enough for the both of them and she kind of like yeah carried their relationship um which is actually at first I didn't even know if he liked her yeah me either that's how kind of like just dull simple lonely man he was to me in a way like he was just very like I thought he was just going along with it again. Like, kind of like what he did with Julia. Yeah. And then, like, throughout the middle of the book and stuff, I did realize that, like, he loves his life with Sylvie. Yeah. And but he, it did take me a minute. I feel like he also felt like he needed her. Like, she was, like, his savior. Like, she came and saved him after his attempted suicide. And I feel like he kind of, mm-hmm. like, felt this need. Like, I, like, need her more than maybe. Not that he didn't yeah. love her, but I do feel like there was, like, a need there. Yeah. And I think Sylvie knew that because at the end of the book, she, like, I mean, we'll probably discuss this a little bit more in depth, but, like, she, the first thing when she got her, like, diagnosis was, she thought about William. Yeah. So, I think she knew that, like. He needed her. He needed her. Yeah. 
Um, Hello Beautiful highlighted a series of romantic partnerships, Charlie and Rose, Julia and William, Sylvia and William, and Emmeline and Josie's. Which relationship do you think was the ideal in terms of loving connection and why? Which were the most challenging? I feel like each of these relationships had so many challenges, like <laughs> Charlie and Rose, yeah. um, kind of, you know, getting pregnant and like not forced into marriage, but like, you know, and then Julia and Williams, which was forced by Julia, Sylvia and Williams, which was, you know, not I do think that one had like the most love. Yes. Like the most like real like adoration for each other out of all the Because I feel like that's just like who Sylvie was. Yeah. Oh wait, maybe Emmeline and Josie's too, but their real their relationship wasn't as like highlighted. Like there's just kind of like a background relationship because yeah. like they weren't as main of characters. Like we Yeah. They weren't characters that had like their own chapters, basically. Yes. Like, but we did see their challenges by them coming out as like a lesbian couple in a time where there was yeah. not a lot of that. That's true. That was definitely their challenge. But I think the most out of like the main ones, yeah, the most like loving connection was definitely Sylvia Williams because also in order to marry your sister's ex-husband, yeah. you have to really believe in that love. Yeah, for sure. So I think yeah. if you were going to like cause like that much of like a rift in your family, like, yeah, you have to especially really know that you're going to be in there like 100 yeah especially because sylvie and julia were the closest sisters and so it's like they yeah like she chose to lose her like best friend yeah and they were the oldest sisters so they're supposed to be like the example of their family yeah like for their other sisters too yeah um and then which one was the most challenging honestly i kind of feel like charlie and roses in a way like it kind of felt like they were on like two different two different planets you know yeah. like charlie was very like kind of like emotionally uh connected to like his daughters and stuff and like mm. everyone was like oh he like ooh, i can't remember he was it was in the beginning of the book but it was kind of just like he didn't really care anything about like you know work or yeah i think he just kind of like cared about his girls yeah and then Rose was kind of like just like a hard ass, uh, just like a thorn in a yeah. way. Like she was just like I don't know. I feel like she that just, it didn't seem like they would mesh very well. I think that Rose is very much Julia, and Charlie was very much Sylvie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I liked how those kind of like paralleled each other. Yeah. Hello Beautiful is initially narrated from three perspectives, William, Julia, and Sylvie. Why do you think the author chose these particular characters to tell the story? Whose voice did you enjoy or relate to the most? At first, like, I thought I would... At first, I thought I would relate to Julia the most, because she seemed like the main character, and, like, I just... And then, like, Sylvie was kind of, like, younger sister that I didn't see myself relating to. Mm -hmm. Um... And then towards the end in the middle, I didn't really relate to anybody because they just, everyone went to so extreme. They were all so different. Yeah. yeah. I definitely thought at first, I'm, I'm the same. I thought that I was going to relate to Julia the most because she's like the older daughter. She's kind of like type A, like, kind of mm. like, well, she's very controlling. I would say like, I have like a little bit of like controllingness to me and like definitely like a little bit of type A. So I definitely thought I was going to relate to her Yeah. the most, but again, she like took it way too far. Like. Yeah completely just like cutting off everyone like moving to new york city like raising her daughter with like only herself without knowing any like no other family around or anything like yeah. only focusing on work mm -hmm. um so yeah I, I i would say like she became a little bit unrelatable <laughs> yeah um and then sylvia was kind of a little bit always like her head was like always a little bit too far in, in the clouds yes for me but like I did, I did enjoy hers too, but they, again, she also seemed like in fantasy land a lot. Yeah. And then William, um, I don't know. I, I didn't enjoy his chapter as much. <laughs> no. I don't know. Like, I really don't know why. I can't say why. I just, yeah. maybe it was because he was, I feel like he was never really honest with himself. Like it, it just felt like his chapters weren't like really giving anything for yeah, me. they weren't very insightful like the other ones were yeah yeah i agree with that 
I feel like we got the most out of Julia's chapters though. Yeah. Like I feel like the most happened yeah. with her chapters. Um, how did you feel when Alice's voice entered the story? That is who I could like, like I found myself connecting with the most. I think me and Alice have very similar like life stories in a way. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Um, And so like, we had to like really I could connect to her the most and I really enjoyed yeah I enjoyed her the chapter her chapters the most when I saw her name come up in the yeah. chapter it's like my jaw dropped I was like ah. yeah like I was I was excited to have like someone else's point of view yes and especially like hers were so um they were just so insightful like yeah. just she's very straightforward all the actions of the adults like kind of came down on her, like all like the consequences yeah. basically came down on her. So it's interesting to see like all the choices that like William, Sylvia and Julia made, like how it affected her. her. Cause that's ultimately who was being affected like the most yeah. out of all this. Yeah. So it's very interesting to see like how she um, ended up becoming like, living her life. Yeah. And because it was so far down the road from when it happened too, like she was 25. Mm -hmm. So it'd been 25 years. And so it was like this, like, and she didn't lie to so much. Yeah. This hindsight to everything. Yeah. Um, there are three mothers in hello, beautiful Rose, Julia, and Cecilia compare each of their parenting styles and decisions. Do you relate to one of them more than the others? Why or why not? Why does a good mother look, what does a good mother look like in this novel? Oh man, like as a mother, like I just feel like each of these women had such drastic circumstances that like made them behave the way they behaved. And like we can all say we wouldn't do a certain thing in each situation, but you'd never know until you're in it. Um Yeah. And so I felt that Julia was most like my mother. Um we had very similar stories. Um and so I just connected I in my mind like I've related Julia a lot to my mom. Um as she lived a very similar life. But um, I think that Cecilia, like, even though she was like a teen mom, I think a lot of times when, when teen moms, like they feel like they have more to prove. And so I do feel like Cecilia mm -hmm. was like, she had more to prove and she really like tried the most as a mother to like make yeah. being a mother, her identity and like not, yeah, be a typical teen mom. And Rose, that's, I mean, she just made me mad. Like, like we said, she was like kind of a thorn. She was so hard on her girls. And then to just like leave them, especially during like her husband died and like, just, you're not the only one grieving that. Like you have these children that lost their dad and to just like up and leave them in that like hard time where your daughter just had a baby and you're going to abandon them as well. It's like, she just was very like self-serving and I did not appreciate her at all. Yeah. Pretty much everything about Rose was like all herself. I mean, even like something as little as like her garden. Yeah. Like, where That was like all she really cared about. about. Yeah. And, like, everyone had to, like, guard her garden when stuff was, like, getting, like, eaten up or something. There was, like, something about that in the book. Yeah. I don't know. She just seemed like she, like, cared more about, like, herself and, like, her things than her she daughters. cared about, like, the feelings of, like, her kids. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with, with you about Cecilia. I definitely think, like, her parenting style is – was, like, the best if we were going to, like, rank them out of everyone. Like, she, like, really, like – um. She really wanted like Izzy to be like an honest person and like yeah. tried to approach her parenting style with honesty and like it was a little bit like harsh at times, but mm -hmm. like I think that she had like a good reason for that. Yeah. I think Julia, like, I mean, we can kind of see at the end of the book, like she kind of she was trying to protect Alice, but she like went too far. Yeah. And she like really like put Alice in like a bubble. Yeah. And then it kind of like exploded. Yeah. By trying to protect her too much. But she, I don't even know if she did it to protect Alice. That's the thing. Like, I feel like she did it to protect herself and that too. To not have to like answer questions to Alice. Like, I don't think she really did it for Alice. I think she wanted to just forget about everything and like not have it brought up and rubbed in her face anymore. Yeah. And she did say she didn't want Alice to go find Sylvie and then decide that that was a better family for her than than um, yeah than Julia was. Um. When Sel when Sylvie learns that she has cancer, she worries more about William than herself. What is the nature of their relationship and what obstacles have they faced together? Can you identify any qualities that make their relationship particularly strong, such as mutual support, shared experiences, or affection? 
yeah, like we said earlier, she was like kind of his saving grace. Like she was there at the hospital. And then ever since then, she just saved him repetitively. Um, and so I feel like that's why she was worried because I think she took that role very seriously and like wouldn't know what would happen with William. I mean, someone also struggling with depression, like any like life event like that can also can like hinder their and like cause them to go into greater depression than like them maintaining it like you're always going to have depression and so i think she was also probably like greatly worried about that yeah like what was going to happen to him after she inevitably passes away like would he be able to Um, handle the grief yeah i feel like their relationship started out on such like a like a rocky place with pretty much her like saving him Mm -hmm. um and well being there when he was being saved um out of the water going to the hospital with him and stuff like they had already like overcome so much at the beginning of their relationship yeah um so I feel like they were I guess in a way like more primed for obstacles like they had already like gone through such an obstacle and she like she really wanted him to get better like yeah making sure he was taking his medicines every day and you know living their happy lives together um I don't know qualities that make their relationship particularly strong i guess just always being there for each other <laughs> i don't yeah. know it sounds kind of like simple but i feel like they just were like what each other needed yeah and nothing more nothing less like you know yeah they understood each other like on a deeper level yeah it almost kind of like feels like they were the kind of couple like that you didn't really have to say anything like they knew what each other was thinking thinking and feeling and yeah like they were very like connected in that way. Yeah. Would you make the same choices as Sylvie if you were in her position and why or why not? I don't think so. I would like to think that I could never like fall in love with someone else's husband that like that, like I can imagine like letting myself get that far down. Um, But also like the fact knowing that it was going to like, you're going to lose your sister forever, like choosing a man over your sister I just don't know if I could ever make that decision. Yeah. Especially because her sister has been there for her since her birth, you know, and they're best friends. They were so close. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I could do what Sylvie did. And like I said earlier in this episode, like, I think I understand where she was coming from because she was such like a hopeless romantic, like type of person. And if she let her, who she believed was her true love, like escape from her, yeah world then would she ever have another one so i understood why she did it but i don't think um i don't think that could be me Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think so either and then she also not only gave up her sister but she gave up her niece yeah that's true and it ruffled the entire family like emmeline and cecilia and yeah rose like she was definitely like taking a chance with william yeah, because then what if they didn't want to work out? Then she would have lost her whole family. Exactly. Like, yeah. That's another reason to make her relationship stronger is like yeah. she had a lot more to prove. Yeah, that's true. Um, Sylvie's cancer also brought Julia back into her life. What did you think about their reunion? I wish there was a little bit more. Like, I feel like it was like only two visits and it was just like, I wanted more detail. I wanted like, m- like more substance to what happened. Like I wanted them to like rekindle in a like greater, in a greater way. I also wanted like, um, the other sisters and William to know about the reunion before Sylvie had passed away. They found out about it after she passed away. Yeah. Why? So, so they secretive? had like, why were they, so huh? secret- why were they so secretive about it? I don't, that's what I didn't really understand either. I didn't understand the secrecy. I mean, I guess they like wanted it to just be theirs. But I feel like before Sylvie passed away, like, wouldn't the most thing that she want in the world is like her four, the four of them to be together. Yeah. And they didn't get that opportunity. Yeah. They'll never like, they, all they never will have that. Yeah. And that's I think that's like really sad. That was really sad. I was happy that they reunited though. Oh yeah. Um, But I definitely thought it took so long. Like, I think they said like 25 years. Yeah. 25 years and julia like, like wasn't sure if she time. was going to like julia didn't like just sporadically like got on the plane and went like she didn't even she said to william like no i'm not gonna go see her and then she went and saw her yeah, yeah. um 
How did the ending of Hello Beautiful resonate with you? Did it provide a sense of closure or leave you with questions? I think we just kind of said like there were some questions, um, but I did feel like the book wrapped up nicely and I did feel like good at the end. Yeah, I um, I mean, like we were kind of talking about like in the beginning of this episode, um, the like we couldn't we kept putting the book down because we didn't want it to end. Yeah, and like I feel like after like maybe sixty percent of the book, I was like, like you're waiting for Sylvie to inevitably pass away. Yeah, and I just kept putting it down because I didn't want it to happen. Yeah, and I kept being like. Um, I would, I read it on the Kindle. So like I went and like tapped up at like the chapters and stuff. And since it rotated between Julia, Sylvia, and William, Mm -hmm. after I read one of Sylvie's chapters, like towards the end, I clicked it and I realized there were no more Sylvie chapters and it kind of like broke my heart a little bit. Yeah. That's really sad. I know that like, I mean, obviously we know she's going to die, Yeah, but like this was her last chapter. Yeah. I was, and now we have to read about William and Julia finding out. Yeah. Well, when William found out, the way William found out really broke my heart. I was really hoping that Alice would get there before it happened and she would have the opportunity to meet Sylvie. And then Julia would Mm -hmm. come, like, and they'd all be, like you said, like, they'd all be together and Alice would be there. And, like, it was going to be, like, a family reunion, like, with Sylvie. Yeah. And then she would, like, pass surrounded by her family. Yeah. Um, But I don't really feel like I was left with too many questions. I mean, I feel like there were so many different ways, like you just said. Like, there's so many different ways this book could have ended. Like, they all could have. Yeah. Got there before Sylvie died. Um, Alice could have met Sylvie, like, as an adult. Yeah. Um, there could have been, like, so many different, like, alternate endings. But I I do think it closed up, like, very nicely. Yeah. In, in a way. I mean, we knew that she was going to pass away. And then it was, like, pretty much just one more chapter about, like, celebrating her life with, like, the family, the friends, like, the neighborhood. Like, everyone coming over and stuff. And then it was, it was over. Yeah. And I kept stopping and stopping and stopping. And I was like, hey, you have to finish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then last question. What do you think might happen to William and Alex or Alice next and why? How does the resolution of the novel reflect the larger themes of family, love, and forgiveness? I think that William and Alice, I think William will fall into similar like needing patterns of Alice as he did Sylvie. Like, because he doesn't ha- now he doesn't have anybody right so all he really has now is Alice and so he's gonna have to yeah rely on her for his emotional needs and I don't know like it would be really good, nice to see like a sequel there or something to see that because I like feel like that'd be such an interesting relationship but um I think the resolution or revolution of the novel um reflecting like it's it's all about family it's all about love and in in the end it brought in the forgiveness not only from julia and sylvie but also i feel like julia kind of forgave william in a sense where it was kind of like under the like buried under the rug and then um Mm -hmm. alice didn't even know she had to have forgive him but ended up kind of coming to that as well yeah i would definitely love to see like where their relationship ends up going um because i do think with that being his, like, only, like, living fam, well, like, blood family member. Yeah. I feel like he is going to, like, kind of, that relationship with his daughter is going to kind of save him from his grief of his wife passing away. Yeah. And Alice, like, because her mother was her everything, like, I think she equally needs him as much as he needs her. Yeah. All right, what were your thoughts on the book as a whole? Uh, I I really enjoyed this book. I like, even though I maybe didn't feel like the characters were completely um, uh, like perfect in a sense, I still felt that I loved them all so much in their own ways and like could accept them for who they were and just really enjoyed hearing everyone's different point of view. And um yeah, and then the ending just, like, I just gave the book a big hug. Like, it was just, like, so, like, heartwarming. Like, I just enjoyed it so much. Yeah, there was a lot of love in this book um, and a lot of heartbreak as well. Yeah. I definitely like this book a lot. I know at the beginning of the episode, I was, like, it was kind of hard for me to read. I kept putting it down, and it took me forever <laughs> to finish the book. 
Um, but I did really enjoy it. Um, all the characters had like a lot of depth yeah. and they were just like imperfectly perfect, you know, yes. like they were themselves and yeah, that was that. I think I from the moment five stars. Oh, I did a good read. I gave it five stars. I was debating like 4.5 and five, but I w- it would definitely fall in somewhere there. Yeah. I, I debated a lot, like throughout the beginning of the book, it was a four. Yeah, for sure. And I think it was because the beginning was a little slow, even though like, Stuff happened right away. Like right away. Charlie died right away. Yeah. Um, William's attempted suicide happened right away. Julia and William divorced. The giving up of Alice. Like a lot of stuff happened in the beginning. Yeah. But it was like, I don't know why it took me so long to read the first half, and the second half I like kind of sped through. Yeah. Um, I think that but- like I was hooked on the book as soon as like Charlie, right before Charlie passed, how he said like "Hello, beautiful" to Izzy after he met her in the hospital, mm-hmm. like. That like warmed my heart so much and just felt like so poetic yeah. to me that I like I was it was like I'm glued like yeah say no more. Um, but ultimately I ended up giving it a five star. I do think like it, oh, like I would I would recommend this book to anyone. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. It's a good book, a solid book. Yeah, I agree. And our book for December. Is going to be the seven year slip by Ashley Poston. Poston. It's a romance. Yay! And <laughs> we've seen it a lot on Bookstagram, and yeah. we put up a little poll on our Instagram stories, and this is what fun. Yeah, I know. I'm not like a huge romance. Neither of us are huge romance girlies, but I am like really excited to read this because I've seen really good things. Knock on wood, it's going to be a good one. I hope so. Yeah, good way to close out the 2023 season yeah and then next episode we'll kind of do like our um 2023 like stats and stuff like that too like favorites least favorites just all the 2023 wrap-up things yes very excited for that all right well thank you all so much for listening to this episode we will see you next month Bye. bye